Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Trail 100 podcast. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. As we enter our third season of the Grit, Guts, and Determination podcast and our 40th year with the running of the Leadville Trail 100 run, we want to welcome you in and we want to continue our mission of rich storytelling and offering you a few of those tricks and tips that are going to get you to that line come August. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we dig into grit, guts, and determination. Okay, Leadville family, I've got a great one for you today in the form of Junko Kazukawa. Uh, Junko is a huge part of our Leadville Trail 100 family. Chances are you already know her very comedic personality out there on the trail, but just in case you don't, I'll give you a look into all aspects of her life in today's podcast. Uh, We're going to start with the fact that Junko tackles everything so head-on that she might be in this industry and doing these activities all because she got bad marks in grade school in P.E., Do we have you intrigued yet? Well, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Junko. We have a saying in Leadville, you don't find Leadville, Leadville finds you. Well, Um, Junko, when did Leadville find you? Well, um, first of all, I was running. Actually, I'm from Japan, and I came to Colorado, and I love the mountains, and I love running. Then I was running a road marathon a lot. Then I started to kind of go into the uh, trail running, then, you know, mountain biking. So first I found, or I got to know there is a mountain bike racing that feel 100 miles. So some of my friend who's a mountain biker and then say, let's do that. Then um, I was training really, you know, hard to you know, get that 100 mile on the bike. I'm not a good biker, so I was trying really hard. And then, then uh, along that training, and I found people run 100 miles in <laughs> left. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I thought it was, I run like five miles on a year, and I thought that's hard enough thing to do. But, uh-huh. you know, one, like, you know, 30 hour cutoff, go through the mountain, 100 miles on foot so it was really uh, for me was something new and i just you know started to feel like wow you know i like to do that sometimes <laughs> so back on, I have that and then about meantime i was training for the level 100 mountain bike uh-huh. then i found lump on my breast during first level 100 mountain bike race training so actually you know it was good or bad and mm-hmm. i found it myself then i found i had breast cancer so then two weeks later you know um there's a bike race <laughs> so <laughs> I told my doctor can i do the bike race then get a surgery and he said okay you know it's not like i don't feel bad or anything right like so, but then I'm emotionally, emotionally, you know, really screwed up. And sure. Then I, listen, unfortunately, I came 
12, 16, or something like that. I got metal, but I wasn't official, you know, finisher. <laughs> so that got me started thinking, oh my God, you know, it's so hard. I never didn't really, ne- never had experience of got cut, you know, uh-huh. didn't make it off. So I started kind of tiring my motivation and just like, just so like, not angry, but just, you know, have this like regret. Oh, what's going on? Uh-huh. So then I'm thinking maybe I need to revenge again. <laughs> and at the time, I was thinking maybe I should be running back over mine. Then I have a second cancer episode, 2009. That was, uh, you know, second time. So I have to do all surgery, therapy and everything. That time I thought, okay, I can't postpone anymore. <laughs> and get this done so i mean only thing left bill you know so i just go right into the left bill sign up for it and i told all my friends and i started to you know in the fundraising so i put pressure for myself then um you know try to do the first 100 miles you know first trail race of this hard hard race in colorado mm-hmm. so that was pretty so somehow Libyo started to come at me. <laughs> so I'm glad Libyo found me. <laughs> well, yeah, Leadville found you in a big way. I mean, you talk about how daunting it sounds to run a hundred miles up there, but today I believe you're at what twenty one hundred mile finishes plus numerous other uh, endurance events. Well, Leadville got hooked on me, you know, <laughs> I, on Leadville. Well, I don't know which. And so anyway, you know, after finished the first uh, 100-mile race in Leadville, and I will tell you that Ken's, um, Ken and my speech at the briefing mm-hmm. just gets people firing up and motivated, you know, and they really wanted to keep coming back. Right. That's for sure you know make me want to come back then year after year after year after i really use it you know so i did it mm-hmm. so you know 21 finishing uh eight of them uh levels okay yeah, that's a big deal for me level is definitely you know important race for me junko that record's a big deal for anybody i don't care who you are now, the, there's a lot of factors that get you to where you got to to the point where you reach that starting line in Leadville on your own. And I love going through some of that with my guests and especially you. I love starting with childhoods and uh, what that was like and if you were active or not. But it's even more fascinating because you were an actual immigrant. So would you tell us about that? Yes, um, I grew up in Japan. I was born and raised there. And uh, when I was, you know, a little kid, I wasn't really athletic kid at all. Mm-hmm. I like read a book and uh, I make a little doll. <laughs> <laughs> Some people can't believe this, but and I was pretty more indoor, you know, kind type of a kid, but. Um, we have a P class, of course, you know, and one to five 
grading level. One is the lowest, five is excellent. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really into the sports thing. So I was always from like my grade was two out of five. Then, you know, I never skipped the class. I was always there and I try hard, but you know, I wasn't just into it. So I was always two. So those kids, always two, all my friends and myself and just kind of sort of hanging out in the, you know, bottom. So two, but one day I got one. <laughs> all right. I never skipped the class. I did everything that I can. And the other subject that was, I was, you know, pretty good in the grades. And I'm like, what, what is this? And so instead of blaming myself, <laughs> I was like, I will show you what I can do. <laughs> so I, in me, I did have some this challenge or competitiveness feeling, you know, feature of me started to coming out. So then um, I started to play basketball <laughs> from zero to basketball. And I really enjoyed the basketball for some reason. So then started from here, probably junior high, high school and uh, I was started to playing you know um, basketball and I never skipped the class you know I just know myself so I practice 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 and going into like 30 member level at the high school so that's my like athletic life started <laughs> then um you know, I was always uh, in Japan back then. Um, you know, a lot of uh, women um, study, maybe go to like two years college or, you know, in college, graduated and work for a couple of years, get married. That was sort of like life back then, right? I'm pretty old. So um, <laughs> then I was started thinking, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> I wanted to do something. Challenge. Everything is me, myself. Like every procedures, I'm gonna do myself. No, no help at all. Uh -huh. I'm gonna save up the money. I will find a place to go to college. I will study something in English, totally different stuff. So I made up my mind. So I after uh. I finished uh, junior college. I studied English a little bit, and then I worked for three years. My plan was three years work, save money, go to U.S. Okay. Going college, I'm gonna study sports science. That's what I wanted to do. So I did. It took me three and a half years, but I came. I found the school. I found a place to go. I save up money and I came here. So that's my, you know, first goal. I made it. I come to Colorado because I love mountains and I was into some, you know, hiking and climbing the mountain and stuff. So, and then I wanted to come somewhere. I don't know people. Okay. Um, then I wanted 20. I stay with the host family in California for like a month. Okay. So I could go there and they can help me out, but I didn't want to get help. I just wanted to do everything by myself. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of stubborn back then. So I came to Denver and then I went to DU for just a little bit. Then I found a good school to go to, you know, study exercise science in up in Greeley, uh -huh. in Northern Colorado. 
So then since then, I was there, I finished my undergrad and graduate school, and both of them, it's physiology, I studied. and um, then I was lucky enough to get a good card. So then I stayed and I started working. So, you know, thing that doing right now is a personal training, teaching exercise classes, I work corporate fitness, and I help the uh, physical therapist, um, you know, for the other eight. And now I'm coaching for the uh, running and still do a lot of uh, personal training to get people through their goals. And, you know, that's my story. And so your entire career path and everything involved started because you were making bad grades in primary school. Thanks to the teacher. (laughs) 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 Well, boy, so um, you think, you know, we always talk about needing to have a strong why um, to finish these races, but boy, is that ever an example of a strong why, uh, the only other one I can even think of to compare it to is, you know, Rebecca Rush was this great adventure racer, but horrible at mountain biking. It seems like you've done that same thing with your entire career. So, um, why don't get, why don't you give yourself a little better plug if somebody's looking for training or ultra endurance coaching or something that you offer, uh, where can they find you today? Okay. Today, uh, my website is Junko Mountain Training. J, uh, Junko Mountain is mtntraining.com. And then uh, I do, you know, coaching. I do a training and I do uh, training specific for a uh, runner. So uh, all of them, you know, any age, any level, anything. So then also if people's interested to do uh, coaching mm-hmm. and um, um, coaching through uh, with the uh, boundless, yeah. um, it's tied to partner up with the uh, Yes. Find me on the website and uh, or you can uh, find me on social media and <laughs> to me and I would love coaching people through my experience and my academic background and uh, and I still run so if you're local and I'm running with all my athletes and it's a lot of fun and so I would love to you know help people achieving this goal so find me find me (laughs) well yes and if you do find her i gotta warn you you're gonna be on her facebook junko mountain training uh pictures for sure so now let's skip back just a little bit to um so now we're past college and we understand why you've chosen your career profession uh, but you what got you really into running and when did you when did you really start running or enjoying running or using that as a discipline okay so you know as i uh as i tell you um i started playing basketball in high school uh-huh. and then you had a every year um like mountain running racing school so then that was my first time i ever run like 
not actually trail, but an uphill. Yeah. Thanks. So I wasn't run, runner, um, back just the basketball stuff, but you know, how basketball player runs. So endurance is important. So we did that. And then our coach was telling us, you need to be a top 50. <laughs> and so like, okay. So then I slide in to be a top 50. So from zero to top 50 was great, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, all of it was like, you know, 20 and stuff like that. I forgot how, what was my placement, but I was at top 50. So I'm like, oh, good, you know. So that was my first experience of an actual running race back then. But after that, I started running just for fitness, like, or just lose weight. Uh-huh. And so I started running to lose weight and uh, just for, uh, you know, like, like being fit. So I was doing that. And then I came to US and I went to school. And of course, I, as soon as I started eating the cafeteria food, I started getting a lot of weight. And I was like, wow, you know, and all the food and not, you know, exercising regular basis. So I started running again. So that was my like regular running, um, you know, in a daily uh, a life. Right. Then I like myself to 10K, 5K, maybe half marathon. Then, um, then I started teaching a lot of uh, group fitness exercises back then. And then some of my uh, students come to my class was telling me about how she qualified to go to Boston Marathon and Boston, you know. And so I'm like, mm, what's that? <laughs> and she said, Chinko, you want to do Boston Marathon qualify? I'll run with you for the qualify race. So I'm like, yeah. So that was uh, my first marathon was when I was 37, I believe. And I went to Tucson, Arizona to do this qualify race. Then I was qualified, you know. Uh-huh. And yes, that's great. Then after that, I was really uh, kind of addicted to running and marathon, and I tried to shave off some time out of my, you know, first marathon. My first marathon was three twenty seven, and then um, and I'm like, okay, I didn't train much. I was only training on treadmill like fifteen months, and I did three twenty seven. I could do this easy. I'll running then i trained hard and i did the boston marathon no i was slower than that <laughs> then, uh, another pr to the next three years okay so, that you just feel like oh this is so hard uh-huh. i need to read you know so i got hooked on it but that was how i started out then i did a lot of road marathon then i started doing somebody introduced to me Trail, uh, trail running, and I thought, this is what I like, you know? Right. Running the mountain, it's just so fun and just feel great. This is my thing. Uh-huh. So that was my history of running. Well, then, and so now you're doing good with road marathons. You're sort of discovering the trail, and you've touched on this earlier, but in 2005, your unthinkable yeah. happens. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us what it was like getting that cancer diagnosis or what things you mm-hmm. focused on your life then to get you, pull you through those dark times? Right. So 2005, like I say, I was training for a little 100 mountain bike first time. Uh-huh. Then I 
trying hard, you pay attention to your body, you lose some weight, and I start to feel like what bump. So then I, you know, I had I I'm the type of person I never go to doctors unless I'm like crying. Right. Yeah, but I had a little little kind of uh sense of like kind of scariness, like it might be something bad. Yeah. Go check. So I went to check. Yeah, they say cancerous, you know. So then I I was like I feel like somebody hit my butt, you know, like the like with some kind of like you know really hard, and I was like, what? Why this happened? I don't have any history of a cancer, and then I am exercising and I'm you know eating healthy. And what's going on? So I was really, you know, I wasn't really understanding well, but, you know, okay, I just have to suck it up and, you know, get rid of this. Then the 2005 was just lumpectomy and radiation. So that was yeah. simple, right? Right. Then the four years, usually five, uh, five years is remission time. So after that, I was keep getting to, you know, uh, check up, check up. And after four years of check up, and I feel like I found another lump. And I'm like, oh, no, what's this? So then I talked to you know, doctors and they checked in and said, yes, it is another growth. So I'm like, oh, shoot. So then... Um, of course, I, you know, I was really, that time, second time was more devastated than anything else. And I'm like, why did it happen? You know, what did I do? Mm-hmm. So, but then, you know, of course, the doctor said, that's a bad bug. And so only choice I have is to, you know, um, mastectomy and you need to do chemo. And I'm like, okay, well, you know. Right. Uh, I'll do it, you know. And... Mm-hmm. So I was kind of worried about it, you know, or scared. But at the same time, you know, if that's a choice, you got to do it. And and I'm kind of happy that back then, okay, that happened to me, not my mom or my sister or any you know, family members. Right. So, you know, I'm like, I can get through this. And I had a really great friends, you know, who's helping me. You know, my former boss, Linda, is like, help me come to, you know, every doctor's appointment. And so I had a really great help. And, you know, my, my family's back in Japan. And so right. I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. You know, I wasn't going to tell them, but, you know, I told them, like, you know, have to tell them. <laughs> so, yeah. so don't worry about it. I'll be fine. And then that was good. Early stage, you know, you find it early stage. So it wasn't really, you know. Well, it it was good, but you, how were you able to stay so strong, especially through that second diagnosis? Yeah, I think because here I am all by myself, you know, my family's back in Japan Sure. and, you know, I just have to deal with this myself. So I don't know what it was, but I think I have really good support, my friends and, you know, everybody. And uh, then I just, you know, my my occupation, my job is a trainer, you know, and I just have a little pressure to be more healthy and, 
yeah. you know, always up, you know? Yes. Almost everything probably make me, at least the surface is strong, you know? Yes. Like, I'm good. No, don't worry about it. And I'll get through this. So I think those attitude and then um, started thinking about, okay, after I get through this, I'm going to do this, you know, let's do a hundred, you know, I have lots to do. Right. <laughs> so those things for, you know, I'm not going to cry and crush here, you know? So those kind of things will keep me totally motivated to go forward. Well, sure. Now, and uh, very sensitively, what do you suggest to other women finding themselves with a new cancer diagnosis? Yes, uh, actually, I do have quite a few, you know, clients or athletes train with me and had, you know, cancer episode. And I usually tell them, you know, just don't cry and just stop right there. You need to get your body, um, you know, really uh, monitor and uh, take care of yourself. But at the same time, you could do a lot of things still, you know. Mm-hmm. Just don't give, you can do a step by step, you know, not the big jump. Okay. But then if you go step by step and this thing you can do and after you accomplish one thing and go more, you can start challenging and... That's the way, you know, that you motivate yourself for life. Yes. If you want, you like to do those events, endurance athletes, you know, for endurance events, stuff like this, or some other, you know, things that you want to do, just don't give up and start planning to do this. And there's always somebody will help you, you know? Right. Yeah. And I just love to be a one of them, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, so, and you definitely live what you preach, because what else did you achieve in 2009? Uh, 2009? Yes. What did I achieve? Well, right after my, um, I think I finished my chemo around, like, October-ish. Okay, yeah. Then, um... You know, I still don't have hair, you know, <laughs> like skin head. Uh-huh. And then I was, I like to be a bull like that. Once in my life experience, you know, to be just seen. <laughs> so I was in head, you know, and I did, the first thing I did was um, Susan Coleman, you know, um, the race for cure, walk with, the, you know, quite a few friends. Yeah. And right after the, my, you know, um, chemotherapy is over anniversary and then months later i signed up to do a new york marathon so i decided i'm gonna go and do it so so that's november so months and a half ish later i went to new york and i did a new york marathon but this time i was like i'm now you know checking my watch <laughs> you know <I'm> not <laughs> record but i just wanted to finish with the fun uh-huh. so i will stop and and eat, you know, people give me a donut on, along the way or like, you know, chocolate along the way. I would take it and I'm <laughs> calling my friends and just having fun, you know. So I did that. And so that was really, really good. Some of people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't do this. Your immune system is right. not. 
like, don't worry, I have a money. If I wanted to take the subway <laughs> bad, <laughs> I would do it, you know. So, but it was no problem. That was really, really great closure. Yeah. And that was my restart for my athletic life. <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. Well, and after that, eleven, I did my first, you know, ultra, maybe 100. That's 2011. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask next is how long did it take you to tackle 100 miles? And then did you know my first successful Leadville Trail 100 was also 2011? I remember I called (laughs) you running a race. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, well, so, um, okay, you've gone through two cancer diagnoses. You have a whole career because it's something you got bad marks in as a child. Uh, You've really tackled everything head on. You've now run the 100. Now it's 2014. And you took all of this even further. How did you do that? Okay. So 2014, I believe I did uh, quite a bit of challenge that year. And I did a Boston Marathon, and then uh, three days later, I flew to Japan, and I did uh, um, Mount Fuji, then I came back, and I think I first let me, <laughs> I did at 14. So I was like, go, you know, I'm like, <laughs> so I was pretty much motivated and then enjoying the challenge. I cut you decided to myself a challenge every year, you know, different challenge. Uh-huh. So that 2014 was pretty good year. Well, yeah, pretty good year. You've made a challenge to challenge yourself more. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so 2014 wasn't enough. In 2015, you yeah. actually took that further. What did you achieve in 2015? Yes, 2015 was another great year. Maybe, I don't know, I was best shape ever, I don't know. But I did Ledman series again as a second time. And then I did a Grand Slam of ultra running in the same year. So first, that, you know, I know I'm going to do Ledman. I signed up for it. Then after that, I got into Western States <laughs> by love. So then I'm like, oh. I got in. Then this good friend of mine, I should be good friend, <laughs> Max, and he he's a late man, so many times late man too. So my friend Max was telling me, like, Junko, are you going to do, you should do Grand Slam and late man at the same. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, uh, he said, I don't think nobody did. This. I'm like, he's like, you know, just casually saying that. And I was like, <laughs> okay, let's see. And I look at the calendar, and then that time is right. I mean, nothing over same day happening. Right. So I'm like, training plan, uh, if I train really hard for the first race for the Western State, you know, I'll, I'll pick it myself. Then after that, you're going to just uh, maintain, maintain, recover, recover. And I will probably be able to do it. Just my concern is I'm not a good biker. So then I need to ride the bike a lot more than running. So I started to map out 
you know, how to train, how to my recovery and stuff. And I thought, yes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not like elite, you know, athlete. So, you know, nobody worry about it. Just, I'm not worried about it. No pressure. If something worse comes, Grand Slam, I pay attention to that because I have right. one completed. So, but I was actually perfectly recovered well and training was good and I felt great for that 2015. So, uh, how did you, you know, feel for the bike race? I mean, you're what, like just barely off of Western, right? And, yes. I mean, exactly. how was that? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because I know I'm not a good biker and I go to Litfield every weekend almost mm-hmm. and ride a bike course under my course. Like 50 mile, I ride. And then after that, I put my, you know, shoes on and run to something down. So that was my routine all by myself. I trained myself. And then so bike first and then run. Bike first and run. So I did almost every weekend. And I go through all those Especially the after the um, uh, last climb on the pavement. Yes. You know, from uh, our bounds to St. Kevin, that pavement, that just killed me all the time. Oh, yes. And, yeah, so every single turn, little turn, and I counted how many turns, you know, I had to go through. So then take my mind off. And... So then I really train hard and then, you know, just get through the bike. But this bike training actually helped my run a lot. Okay. So, mm-hmm, yeah, my run was much faster than, you know, just those, you know, training or running. So 2014 was my best level 100 run time. And, and what time was that? Like uh, two, uh, 26 hours and 30 some hours. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, you know, how much bike training helped me. Uh, I'm an older athlete, so not trust body with the impact. So, you know, this is great. And <laughs> this is like I'm saying right now as a plan number 10 next year. <laughs> yes. Well, so, I mean, Having said what you just said, now is biking a consistent part of your run training for ultras? Is that something you tell your clients to dabble into cross training like that? Yes. If they are, you know, somewhat biker, uh-huh. or biking, you know, in their house or access to it, especially during the off season, and I will have my athletes to do some you know, anabol or like steady bike uh, training, you know, on the either outside or inside. Okay. If people if people and they, they don't like it, I understand. But <laughs> I would incorporate the bike ride in into their training class. Okay. Sure. Just, yeah, take a little of the impact off. and. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not good to just, uh, you know, do run only the trashing body, especially the Hanuma was such a great, two, uh, I shouldn't say great, so much uh, impact on your joints, mm-hmm. it, 
muscles and you know all your body. So if some people are prone to injured injury uh, or some existing injury from the history, definitely you need to kind of sort of work it out how you train, you know, for the ultra. Okay. And yeah, and then that's really possible. So I will incorporate the bike and also the strength. Okay, yeah, that's getting your core and everything. Yeah, yeah, I really believe in, you know, I'm push-up boss, so I really believe in um, training, especially, you know, older athletes, you know, if you're not, you try to um, not get hurt, you need to really strong, you know. Well, and were you still able to carve out good amounts to do strength training in like a 2015 year where you have all these other things going on? Yes. Uh, luckily, I was teaching a lot of classes. Okay. My dog. Okay. Yeah. I, I usually don't do 100%, but, you know, at least I do 75% with the, uh, you know, class people. So, you know, I did some... Uh, strong training with it with the students okay then weakness so <laughs> i just do a hammer that my uh, weakness will just try to get stronger for the certain exercises for my own okay so uh, i i don't really injure that age almost 60 years old right now i <laughs> write <laughs> <laughs> Four months, I will be 60, 60, yeah, but. Well, that's just amazing, and I'll be the first to give you a very early happy birthday, and I mean, (laughs) I'm just really excited to see where that can go, because I remember, you know, back when Helen Klein was setting our record for oldest female, and how many there are like you that are like starting to break that ground and i think it's going to be just a, a great thing for running in general yes yeah i i'll by level 100 year uh august i'll be another category i'll move <laughs> up to you know age 60 uh-huh. so i i'm hoping that i will have some you know another ladies when the 60s running together with me <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i remember seeing my dad and all these gentlemen go through that and it's uh they start dropping off it's good to see today that more are coming up and it's really encouraging and it's definitely something to be celebrated yeah well uh stop for a while i'm sure yeah yeah i mean we all need breaks right Surprisingly, I'm still making like some other uh, uh, races a PR in my <laughs> for for my own, own personal course record, you know. So, oh sure. Yeah, I'm still kicking it. So. <laughs> well, you're still thriving for sure. I mean, that's the the beautiful thing, you know. You're talking about all this stuff you keep piling on, and you really you're where you are and in 2015 and today you still haven't seemed to have found that limit. So here's to hoping we never do. Right. (laughs) Well now, and then also like that 2015 year was big enough in 2016. uh, You received a very, a big award that uh, 
Also, somebody more in your age category got with you, and that was an induction to the Colorado Sportswomen Hall of Fame with Mary Lee. How fun was that? That was so amazing. I'm like, I've received that email, and you know, somebody will nominate me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so then it comes out to Melody was one of a you know person who got in a, um, another word, so. Uh-huh. It was a great time to see her there and then, you know, step on the stage to get a word with her. And that's such a, you know, memorable, you know, things for me. Yeah, I still just so appreciate, you know, everybody recognize my thing and Molly as well. Well, and she's a big Junko fan as well and uh, talks of that often and highly. So it's it's a lot of fun. Well, so, okay, let's uh, let's digress a little bit and get back into your running. With eight finishes at Leadville, uh, why don't you share some of your more memorable stories from the trail side with us? Sure, well... Yeah, last year was number eight. You know, uh, no matter how many times I run, it's going to never be easy. Uh-huh. You know, how people, it depends on condition and or my own, well, and, you know, that day of uh, high altitude, stuff like this, it's never easy. Right. It's fun. When I go there, there's always friends there, you know, or a lot of family of faith there. Mm-hmm. So just that no matter how many I do, I enjoy myself. And, uh, but some of the story that, you know, um, <laughs> I spoke to some, uh, um, like a big, you know, something about, it was a bit on the ear um, of level 100. I have this team, oh, all my um, crew and pacer, they're a Japanese, you know, friend. Uh-huh. So the second year, it was, you know, my first, I mean, I was so hyped up and everybody, my team, Junko, we, I bought that, made some t-shirt and, you know, everything. <laughs> so they're coming to help me for the second. So then, um, you know, at the briefing, uh, Dr. John? Yes, Dr. John Hill. All telling us all tips what to do. <laughs> oh, he said, don't take that Advil. You need, <laughs> I don't know. So I I told my, you know, crew, say, can you give me a Tylenol from the store? Because I don't. And then just in case my aunt hurt, you know, would you get it? So then they said, okay, we'll get it. So then one of my, um, crew member went to save it that but because of that his speech and everybody got Tylenol so it's kind of almost an empty shell but he finally won grab it then uh I believe that was on the 50 mile marker the windfield uh-huh. and I said I'm really hurting but just give me a two Tylenol just in case you know so I was still new to the ultra running so you know sometimes it hurts and I got that and I was thinking about they had two pills. It was blue, but I took my mouth, put it into my mouth and just shove it in. I'm like, let's go. Then I have paste there with me. 
And I started climbing up on the hills. Uh, I started to feel like a little bit sleepy. I don't know oh. what's going on already. And, but I always get sleepy. And so I'm like, okay, keep going. But in this time, uh, Twin Lake, past the Twin Lake, my eyeball was started to go backward. I'm like, just feel like getting <laughs> deep, deep. My brain is, my body's moving, but my brain's just totally sleeping. So I just keep telling um, my pacer, I say, oh, I don't know, I'm so sleepy. What's going on? And and he said, well, just keep moving. Just keep moving. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like sleeping almost like, you know, on the box, but I never fell down. I would keep moving, but my head, my brain was really sleeping. And I just struggled entire whole night. And I went to um, uh, May Queen, and one of my pacer uh, was keep telling me like okay just keep going and he was saying like each knee each knee each knee is like one two one two just keep kind of give me this like you know rhythm one two mm-hmm. one two oh, what the hell but i'm just keep walking <laughs> and then um, i told my friends said like, can i just close my eyes for five minutes and then she said it was at the uh just back up back up to a little bit but um what is that, um, Pauline, she was grabbing my arm and said, Junko-san, no, just keep moving. So I said, no, can I fight? Can I have a five minutes? No, Junko-san, keep going. So I'm like, okay. So I was keep dragging myself. Thank God they know what's going on. So they would not have me stop. Uh-huh. So uh, I finished. I finished the whole thing. It was pretty decent time, like 28 hours and 20 minutes or something like that, 28, 20 or something. So I finished the cross the finish line and i'm like yay then i went back to the hotel and i was just like passed out <laughs> and later on i got up and then we had to go word and then one of my you know crew members said chunko-san i wasn't gonna tell you but that i don't know was pm <laughs> like, what <laughs> give me a title of pm <laughs> Two pills at the 50-mile marker, and I struggled running with this house. You know, my brain was sleeping, and I finished, but I was started laughing so hard. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest my title PM stories. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. I mean, did they have any, like, caffeine or anything that they were trying to pump in you to, or they were just so in shock what they did to you? That was it. Well, none of the caffeine pill did not work, you know, <laughs> and I had a coffee, I had a Coke, it, it didn't really help all. Okay, so, not a bit, yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's driving me, you know, because they found out later after I took it, like, shoot, this is Tylenol PM. So I still have the, the <laughs> bottle in my house somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I'd have it bronzed if I were you. That's really great. It kept you on a smooth flow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, now you've also, you've got a a very unique 
uh, resume where you've been all over the world doing this stuff where others of us have not. We read about UMTB, we read about Mount Fuji, but you've been a participant in those. What challenges have they offered? And then more so, like, how has that differed from what you've experienced at all your time in Leadville? Yeah, well, you know, international race, I have done, let's see, Mount Fuji in Japan, and then I did UTMB for uh, three times, and then I did uh, Ultra Fjord in Chile and Patagonia. So I think I did three international race, and uh, three, but the UTMB three times, right? So uh, international race is not allowed to have pacer. So you can have a crew to meet a certain aid station, but no pacer at all. So you have to run all by yourself. And a lot of requirement to carry. And uh, uh, they will do a check in some way in between. So, and if you don't have it, you have some penalty. So there's more challenging, you know, than definitely for the little bit more elevation gain and, and kind of stuff. Yeah. Language and uh, different food at the station, so it's all different. But uh, uh, Japan was, you know, my home country, so it was food was great and everything was good, you know. But I don't live there, so I didn't mm-hmm. have any crew meet me or anything like that. So it's different. And uh, but the UTMB, um, I I was lucky enough to have a friend come and meet me at the station. Yeah. And so I was, um, you know, really excited about, you know, seeing my friends or if I get there and I can see them. But all those food choice was hard for me sometimes, like, you know, cold cuts meat and French baguette and, you know, like chocolate bars and just a Sometimes in soup, it's not really sometimes appetite, you know. Yeah, very not your race, race yeah. diet. Yeah, it's a little different. And then, um, so I, my time was just so, you know, I finished it, you know, two times. And one time I got really sick in the middle of it. And then I have to DNF. Only one DNF was UTMP. So um, it's different. And if I talk about Ultra Fjord in Chile, Uh that was a great race, but it's totally different. And this A station, is not a, enough food is available. And one time I go through, there was only the, just the whole apple, you know, not okay. cut, cut. Yeah. Apple. And uh, just like energy bar, small like chocolate bar, and then just water. And, you know, but if you don't have it, if they don't have it, you can't have it, you know. So there's nothing you can do anymore. So you rely on yourself. So, but in, then I run in the mud uh, up to my knee high for 20 miles and I have to go water cross with my wood in a town in the cold water in the middle of the night. Okay. And yeah, some of the marker is not quite clear. So we get lost. And then if I don't see the marker, I have to climb up on the so like really uphill, like bushwalking and climb up on a really high and I have to look around where is another you know, the next month yeah. then I grab a tree and I look around and I suddenly look to the next to 
like literally away to the side, and then there's another guy doing the same things as I'm doing. <laughs> so he's from Chile, right? So uh-huh. we look at where we're we going, and so after that, we found the next marker together, and then we have to cross the, this river and cross it, and then so it's really like for me it was an adventure race, kind of, you know? Yeah. And uh, all those the people that I never know before, and then speak different language and some you know guys helped me you know uh going through the <laughs> things you know and it was just so much fun actually you know and but i kind of you know look for what's going on you know these races and all those information in in advance so i was uh-huh. prepared stuff like this it's really different and then i enjoy a lot for this international so, you know, I really recommend if people are adventurous, just uh-huh. try it. <laughs> and, you know, some of them, like, um, like two times, three times the elevation gained than Leadville, but it's just great experience, you know, just have a destination, uh-huh. like, rate vacation or something, you know? So I like to do all of those before I get too old, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So... Now, what challenges do you think Leadville offers that, like, some of those don't? Yeah, Leadville offers higher elevation, altitude, less air. Which is always you know, a problem. <laughs> yeah. Even you do well on, the, you know, different races, 100 miles. Mm-hmm. If you come to, it's different, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, Let's less air, thin air, and makes you really tired and feel nausea, throw up. You can get the oxygen, you know, efficiently into your body. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging. Physiological changes, you know? Yes. So, and then you have to have a strong mind to not give up and deal with this problem you have, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's a big challenge, you know? Yes, it is. I mean, and... You're saying that with your running resume and all your experience. I don't think anybody disagrees with you at all. (laughs) What do you think of when you hear the word Leadville? Leadville. uh, Really like friendly, uh, friendliness for me because it's a home. You know, I live in Denver, but it's like hometown sort of the you know, really hard, like, you know, um, race that you never give up, you know, like Mm. dig deep. So if I say Libville, I will like always think about that. First year I did the ends, you know, like speech, you know, those Mm -hmm. emotions, you never give up, you know, dig deep. And uh, if you give up that day, you have to suffer for 364 days or something. Right? <laughs> yes. And then that's actually true, you know. <laughs> if you give up, unless some stop me, you can't go anymore. If I, my own decision to give up, you have to suffer that another year, you uh-huh. know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that that alone has gotten me through quite a few finishes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Leadville is great. I love Leadville. 
Well, Leadville definitely loves you too. There's not many uh, Leadville Trail 100 run conversations that don't at least involve some mention of you, Junko. And it was just so much fun getting to catch up with you today. I'm thankful that you've taken this time with me. Is there anything else you want to share with your Leadville family before I let you go? Well, I really appreciate, you know, having this race every year and there's so many people wanted to come and, you know, we actually introduced to some Japanese a magazine just a while ago about Leville and some people from, uh, you know, from Japan, I'm sure, you know, it's a, one of the bucket list for some Japanese runner to be here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is so always, you know, the Libyan people welcome us and, you know, hope for the best on, you know, for forever, hopefully forever, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know how many years uh, I will have a leg to run, but... Ken told me, I say, I have another year. And I say, Junko, no, you have a two. You have to run 11 times to get the jacket. <laughs> there you go. So I may have to do another two, not only one. So, you know, that's great. I love it. Well, we love you and we will be there cheering you across that line, whether it's two or three. So, uh, Keep them coming, and we can't wait to see what the future holds. Thank you so much, and uh, I will um, I will see you out there. And thank you so much for all you do for us and for the community of Ultra Running, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Well, there you have it, Leadville family. What a fun time catching up with Junko. Uh, Hopefully you got a little bit of everything in this episode, but most importantly, hopefully you're taking on with you uh, that real big and deep attitude that Junko has. She not only faces adversity, she faces it head on where she's struggling the most. And if we all could do it with the smile on our face that she has, uh, life would be so much sweeter. Don't forget you can find Junko at Junko Mountain Training or under Boundless Coaching with Ryan Kroll. And as always, please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts. And we can't wait to see you in home. We can't wait to see you in Leadville.